Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks for February 22nd, 2020. This is episode six. This week, we're talking about Birds of Prey, the new Sonic movie, and the Netflix film, The King. Hope you enjoy. Again, our theme is brought to you by Killing the Flower. Hello, welcome to Popcast on the Rocks for February uh, 22nd, 2020. How's it going, Andrea? Hello, Pretty good. How about Popcast yourself? on the Rocks for February good. Uh, 22nd. Um, How's it going in to stream here? Because that was a, that was confusing. Um, <laughs> trying a new uh, the Streamlabs OBS. Uh, like I said, okay. Ninja uses it, so it's got to be the best, probably, right? So I think so. Like so, I said earlier, I like anything with Ninja in the title. So, so hopefully it goes well. Um, yeah, well, you know, our our producer's not here this week, so you know. Yep. Of course, we're breaking all the rules, trying all the new stuff without him, so yep. he can get get back and admonish us next week if it doesn't go well. Yep. <laughs> this episode will be all choppy, and we'll lose a stream, and <laughs> episode six will go down lost. <laughs> right, in a fiery crash, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, if, uh, <laughs> if it does, we'll have to have learned our lesson, I guess. <laughs> so how's your um how's your week been you uh were saying earlier i mean you look look healthier today <laughs> thank you that's so very uh polite of you you look healthier today other than the death pile you looked like the other day <laughs> yes um yes i was sick uh mid this week and uh just slept a bunch of days to get over that um okay funny funny sort of like half observation, I guess. Um, so I was out sick on Wednesday. I left work, um, you know, and just like texted my boss that I was too sick. I just had to go home and rest. Um, and then came back to work on Thursday and found out that three of my coworkers were gone sick for the day. Um, so they apparently also got whatever I had and I felt sorry. Like I was sorry that they were sick, but I was also like weirdly happy because it was very validating, you yeah. know, that like I could yeah. point out to my boss, like, see, I was really sick. Like, look at all these other people that now had to go home too. Like, you know, it wasn't, I I just didn't, that. It wasn't that I just didn't want to work. Mm-hmm. It was that I was truly sick. So I used to get, yeah, anxiety. I, felt, I felt a little bad, but I used to get almost anxiety what? over that as a kid where I, I would s- wake up sick and I'm like, I don't feel well, but it's like, I probably could go. So right? it's like, but I don't want to, I, I don't want it to come off like I'm pretending to be sick here because I am sick, Exactly. but it just, I don't know. Almost yeah, sick. no, exactly. I, I feel like that is translated right into being an adult. Yeah. Like you were sick, you, know, you should I just, go I home. Like, so that's it. You know, it's like, right, yeah. right. But I felt like all nervous about it and I felt mm-hmm. like weird and I was like, oh, I should have just stuck it out. I was already at work. I could have finished out the day, but like really I couldn't cause I came home and just like passed out um for like seven hours and did not wake up until my husband came home and was like uh hi (laughs) hi dead person um but clearly i needed it but it was also like very validating to have my coworkers be that sick that they all were out the next day so or or we can translate this a different way haha my coworkers are sick that doesn't doesn't sound that's right i know i know 
I prefer my way. Yeah. Because I, I felt bad. I felt bad that they were sick, but I was also very relieved that they were sick. So. Yeah. Well, glad you're feeling a little better. How now. about you? Thank you. How about you? How's this week been? Good. Yeah, we're... Uh, um, Ashley's been doing a lot of painting, so we got things kind of oh. all over the place. Getting stuff painted. Like house painting or like yeah. fun painting? No, our... our um, like foyer in the big open area that's never been painted uh -huh. this whole time oh it's always just been yeah fine. okay so we had all the rooms sure. painted and stuff and you know it it looks fine but with the primer it scuffs easily and stuff so yeah finally sure. got paint and been working on that what so, uh what color are you going with we've got three colors um so okay. it's a uh, kind of a green sort of palette so the green is mm -hmm. called Thai curry, I think. And then okay. there's uh, a kind of somewhere between, uh, it brings in some more brown notes. That one is, uh, and it's lighter. That is, I don't remember what it's called, champagne something maybe. And then, then there's a, okay. a, so a rice wine is the lighter, closer to white. Ooh, so, okay. Okay. Fun colors. I love paint names. They're just like the weirdest things. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes they can be like very apt and vivid and they conjure very like correct, you know, notions yeah. of what the color is. And then sometimes you're like, Thai curry. Like, I mean, I sort of, but, you know, I'm not quite getting the gist. Yep. You there know, was one, I'd have to see it. It was like, I don't know if it was called, uh, I remember it was a political figure. I don't know if it was like Barack Obama or something. <laughs> Something like that, and then and I don't remember what? what the color was. And then there was uh, an anime color. It's just called anime. So weird. Neither of the like, things seemed to, like you say, conjure in your mind what this would be. Really, is so. It's, no, no. They're getting desperate. They're yeah, getting desperate. I think so. They're trying to be like too clever and strange and unique. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need a color of a people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what a person color is. Also, I would feel weird having that on my walls, like some sort of creepy serial killer. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to know what, what's on my walls? Barack Obama. Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Like a painting? No. <laughs> no, it's him. <laughs> He's uh, my trophy now. Yeah. So I haven't seen you take oh a drink of anything. Well, I, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. Yes. I was just going to say, I think we have the, the, maybe the episode title. For this week, <laughs> Barack Obama's on my walls. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> as a trophy. All in the basket, Ashley, um, and it'll be a completely different person. It was some, I guess, some <laughs> of the DNC, I thought, but yeah. Okay, so. okay. No matter who it is, I don't, I don't know that I can conjure a color to match. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might as well be Barack. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I uh, I do have a drink here. I'm going with a classic again, a little whiskey. But this week, I am drinking my favorite whiskey of all time, Crown Royal. Oh. And I felt that was very apt for something that we're going to talk about later. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, the show you. that we both watched this week, right? Right, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm going with the theme here. <laughs> okay. Yep. I, so uh, what have I you went, got? Well, That's I went with uh, something relevant, too, not to the show, really, but... Yesterday, mm. I guess, was um, National Margarita Day. It was, yes. So, I, so you got this, a margarita going so there? It's, it has a lemon in it. I don't have any limes. Um, so it's <laughs> my own twist on uh, margarita, but it's good. 
A lemon twist. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's already nice. a drink. Maybe a margarita, but with lemon instead of uh, lime is a drink. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, coming from my limited bartender yeah. experience, I don't think so. Okay. So. Huh. There it is. So, oh, yeah, look at you innovating. Yeah, I know. I don't have triple stack <laughs> or contru either, so I just had to make my own simple syrup, and I put in orange bitters Ooh. to have a little bit of oh. for that. Okay, so, so you got, like, a citrus margarita going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. nice. I'll have to come try it next week since we'll be in the same place. Yeah, well, maybe there'll be another national drink day next week. I don't know. Yes. The, actually... That would be hilarious because the week before um, was National Wine Day. Oh. Like, so not this so we last week, keep but tabs the week before. On these so, yeah, <laughs> we clearly should. We need to match our drinks to these yeah. holidays. Well, and so. maybe I'll make you a. Uh, so, I have a gl- uh, glass I got at the Alamo Roadhouse or the. Theater oh, yeah, okay. That it has uh, Aquaman on it. So, it's just a Collins glass of Aquaman. And so our friend Tara okay. said you should make a Jason Mimosa in that. Oh my god, that's funny. So, <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. We yes, <laughs> we will definitely do that. Well, we should see if there's a National Mimosa Day and try to yeah. plan around that. Yep. Gotta film during brunch then. <laughs> yes, yes. Special brunch episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh well this week started kind of slow with news. But I don't know, did, we ended up yeah. getting a few things in here. Oh, and I was, oh, I, I see one thing you put in there. I didn't check it out yet, so you'll have to fill me in. But, okay. Um, Is it the Westworld trailer? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to go. I'll fill jump. you in as best I can. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's confusing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, should they be doing Westworld season three? Maybe, you mean. Hell yeah. Okay. So you Hell yeah. Absolutely. Two? Like. Oh yeah, no, I'm totally excited about it. It's um, it's confusing in a sense of like, I, it's introducing a lot of new stuff very quickly and sort of doing that thing like in media race where like it just throws you in the middle of it and assumes like you're going to catch yourself yeah. up and then sort of like backpedals. So it's a little tricky. And then it is tough because it's been so long since season two yep. that it's really tough to be like, okay, like... I'm sort of remembering as the trailer goes on what happened, but you know, Mm-mm. like it's it's hard to like drag that all back. Yep. So, yep, I'm sure they'll do a uh, recap beforehand that'll work out yeah. pretty well and stuff. Yeah, it's no sense. It'll definitely be needed <laughs> towards season two. I, I enjoyed it. I had my some issues, but I enjoyed it. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, yeah, same. But I'm worried because, I mean, I suppose it's what's needed. It needs to be different, you know, um, not mm-hmm. more of the same. But I'm worried about that, too, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Do we need to put I up agree. a spoiler warning? I got a build, I build a spoiler thing now. I, <laughs> about, the, um, uh, about the trailer? No. Uh, I'll just, yeah, maybe throw it up. Just just be cautious. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to test it out, the spoiler. All right. The sign, if nothing else. So just that in the end of season season one and season two took place in the parks, you know, and that was Mm -hmm. awesome and cool. And now it seems like season three 
without me having seen this new trailer, seems like it's yes. going to be in the rest of the world, which is exciting in the real world to see mm-hmm. what has, you know, what's led to this, what the world's like now. But it also could lose mm-hmm. a lot of what made it cool to begin with. Yes. So I think there are several different issues that the show will potentially face by moving it out into like the the real world, quote unquote. I mean, we don't know if it's actually the real world, although fair guess. Um, I think the scale could get very out of control. Um, And if it's not done well, like I I feel like that sort of like moving out of the contained world of the park Mm -hmm. could go well, but it could also go very terribly. Yep. Um, So that so that'll be something to watch, I think. I think another issue that they're going to face is um, the sense of total innovation that you felt at the park. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is a totally new world uh, that they're creating. And it's, you know, this like crazy brainchild. And what what compares in the real world? The real world, world is just real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's not different in that sense where like you know you you had this like cool concept of the park that you could focus on and now it's just real stuff well and so that could that could be an issue and it's also it it is um it's risky then they could easily tread on really familiar territory with other things like oh there's there's machines that basically are indistinguishable from people and, you know, do they have rights and stuff like that? And I think that's still interesting, but it's not that it hasn't mm-hmm. been done before. So it would lose right. its mystique. It's, I mean, anytime you offer answers, you lose a lot of that, you know, intrigue. And um, exactly. I also agree with the thing of scale. It's like when you do a zombie movie or something and it's in a person's home and it's about you trying to survive. That's really harrowing mm-hmm. and it makes it, you know, all those questions that spin in your head, like, how did this happen? How did this go down? That's often more interesting and easier to do than the, Mm -hmm. like, World War Z film where, which I love still, but where it's harder to put on a grand scale how this all happened to showcase that. And it's, yeah, it's challenging. Well, and you lose connection with characters, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Or or you can. That is a danger, I should say. Not not that this will automatically happen, but it could. Yep. Because you're so focused on the world itself and introducing the world that sometimes you sort of lose the sort of intimate moments, um, which I think are particularly the most interesting um, when they deal with, you know, the robotic characters because... It is that that minutia that sort of like, do they have these human emotions and how do they, how do things affect them and how do they process things? Is it the same as a real person? Mm-hmm. That to me is one of the most interesting questions and you could sort of lose that very quickly. Yep. Yep. So, well, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. trailer looks, I mean, it looks fabulously produced okay. um, and it looks like um, they, they put a lot of time and attention into details but it's also you know two minutes of yeah how many hours of footage so who knows um i'm heartened by the fact that it has taken so long even though i i hate the long wait time you know you you want them to take their time um i felt i felt like everybody 
um, gave the sort of same sort of grace to Game of Thrones when it took that huge break because everybody was like, oh yeah, we want it to go right, you know, take your time. And then, and then unfortunately it friggin' sucked. Yeah. But, but everybody at first was very yeah. forgiving of them oh, taking a long worry. time because we'll they wanted them yeah. to get oh, it right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, hopefully that's... this is a success story Yeah. instead of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely have to talk more about Game of Thrones sometime and definitely more about, be fun to talk more about Westworld as well. Um, but I'm yes, absolutely. But I'm spoiler warning now here. And, uh, yeah, I think so. I think we're safe. And uh, talk about some other news. Um, mm-hmm. Some movie news. Um, yeah. So I played Sonic the Hedgehog very young. So it's interesting to Absolutely. see a movie coming out and seems to be doing well. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of happy about yeah, it. Yeah, in that box office. Oh, I froze. I'm going to, I'll be right back. You froze very pensively. Oh, that's at least. good. That's what's important. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Pick your pose. Yeah. Um, okay, so Sonic. Yeah. So 57 million domestic in mm-hmm. the first weekend. Um, I think it's uh, it's more than doubling its next highest competitor at the box office, isn't it? Oh wow, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Uh, at least it was when I w- I last sure. looked. So, I I mean I haven't seen it. I, I hear I've heard that mm-hmm. it's great family movie, great for kids yep. and they love it and stuff, and that it's kind of a love letter to Sonic fans. So even if you're maybe older than the intended audience, if you're a fan of Sonic, you'll like it. So. Right. Be interesting right. seeing it sometime. Yeah. I think it's uh I think it's pretty good nostalgia uh for for kids of the the 90s mm-hmm. who grew up playing Sonic. Yep. Um so I I do want to I think this is sort of like a, a thing that I kind of want to talk about a little bit this week especially when it comes to movies. So for Sonic the Hedgehog, um I personally didn't weigh in on this, but I remember the first releasing of trailers and bits of the movie had fans in an uproar yep. uh, over the CGI and the creation of Sonic. Yep. Um, so, so that, you know, they had to go back and redo the entire character and reshoot basically the entire movie um, from, or at least what they well, had, re- had so far, animate. which I thought was pretty substantial. Re-animate, yeah. Reanimate, yeah. reanimate, mm-hmm. reanimate. But I mean, you have to reshoot those scenes with animation. You know what I mean? Well, I guess I'm, I, yeah, I mean, I it, would say the semant- footage, semantics. Yeah, the footage should have been able to stay. They just have to literally redraw everything. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a lot of overtime right. for whoever. Right. So hopefully whoever they, had to had to suffer through that. Yeah. Hopefully they recoup their costs, you know, in having to right. do that. Um, right. Do you do you think that sort of like fan outcry is now justified by how well Sonic is doing. Well, that's, that's my question. Cause it's, I mean, sometimes it's really hard. Like, you know, how much input should fans have in this sort of thing? Like, is this, because this is, is a success story now, is this justified that fans were so outraged that they, that the studio bowed and redid it? It, so I don't, so, you know, there's quote, Never bend the knee to the rage mob, ever. 
<laughs> and I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if you're making something for people, it's really just on on you uh, who your audience is and mm-hmm. if you're going to please that audience or not. You know, that's kind of, mm-hmm. and I know it's hard to tell sometimes. So it must have been yeah. loud enough and they thought it legitimate enough. You know, sure. I wouldn't be surprised if there was was conflict within the studio when it was being made. People being like, mm. that does not look like Sonic. That's the wrong path. Sure. And then you had other execs being, no, we need it more lifelike. We're not going to do the same thing or whatever. And so it's already that. And then there's an outpouring online that like that is creepy as hell. <laughs> Please yeah. don't do that. Because it was. And then the it memes. It became creepy memes as hell. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So yes. I mean, it's you just have to make that judgment call. You know, Twitter is an echo chamber, okay. and it's like seven percent of the United States population. Most people did not weigh in on this issue, so it's, it really has yeah. to be that call of the studio. Like, are there enough good intentioned people that we're trying to sell this movie to that are not going to go okay. see it, or is it a bunch of trolls? Like, that's it's going to have to be on them and their their marketing research teams, I guess. Sure. And I, I do think it's a little different in this case. Um, you know, obviously there have been other, you know, fan outcries to the way that movies have been written or ended or, you know, the way a story has gone. And I think that's a bit different than, you know, just like fan outcry saying like, Hey, this character looks super creepy. You have to redo it. We don't, you know what I mean? Like they weren't out crying about the story. It wasn't necessarily like the movie that was being made. It was literally the character, mm-hmm. but still, still it's, it's, um, if not the exact same situation, it's similar. So I was just curious yeah. about your take on that. I mean, I think if I like when, if you're an artiste, and you have a vision, you're a creative <laughs> uh-huh. person, you're a creator, and you have a vision. I like that if those people can get their vision to paper, to screen, to whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's nice, um, and that's important. Um, but do you need to balance that with, like, well, do you, you know, who, like you say, who is your audience? Who are you trying to mm-hmm. please? And, like, do you just want to have this thing out there that, may or may not do well but it's what you envisioned or do you want Mm -hmm. to have something that you can be happy with and is successful so Mm -hmm. and i think when you're any time you're not independent which is almost never in film you're gonna have to answer to we need people to like this too so right right and no matter what we uh... say that the rage mob will continue the the outcry will continue true so true. Yes. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not Sonic, they'll have moved on to something else. Yep. Um, but it certainly seems that, you know, the studio now made the right call given mm-hmm. its success, obviously, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, it luckily worked out for them because yeah. who knows what the box office would have looked like. Yeah. I mean, people could say how great it is and I wouldn't be interested with the other character because it was just, it looked like a, a person wearing a Sonic suit. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, studios have now seen the dangers, I think, of making those sort of things too human and realistic that people hate. Because not only was there outcry for Sonic the Hedgehog, but cats. Like, people friggin' hated 
that they look so humanoid. It is creepy yep. as hell. Yep. So, and and obviously Cats took like a total dump at the office. So, or the box office. Think so, I that. mean, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Think of that wasted money. <laughs> All on that cast. Yes, and that's a big yes. cast of high, you know, high yes. profile names. Yeah, it is a lot of money between what they had to do with CGI and hiring that cast. Dame Judi Dench don't work for free. And like, why did all those people sign up for this? <laughs> I mean, I would I know. be desperate to I have know. someone ask me to be a, in this movie and say yes. Oh, like, God. if I was getting my start I mean, in Hollywood. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't even know. Um, the main character, I know she's she's relatively unknown. So I get her, and and I hate to be super mean, but I get somebody like maybe Rebel Wilson getting in there. Okay. Um, but Judy Dench, Ian McKellen, yeah, Idris know. Elba, Taylor Swift, for goodness sake. What I mean, I know she's not an people? actress, but like, yeah, dang. They're like... didn't, it, didn't it seem like uh, a total just like, okay, we're just going to blackmail all these people into joining this yeah. cast. Were they like, in I, Scientology? I, I do know not know. About it, and they have all their, <laughs> their confessions. Right. And, yeah. Right. Know. Yeah, well, no, that, that whole movie is a total head scratcher to me. I mean, casting, CGI, everything. But yep. I do hear that it's a, it's a trend now to go watch that movie uh, while you're rolling. Okay. Okay. They're just like totally high. Some people have had some like really great experiences where they just like find the movie just like hilariously fantastic and wonderful. Yep. And then some people have had some like truly like freak out moments, you know, like <laughs> every, at least, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a gamble, but, uh, if you want to join some internet trends, there's one for you. Okay. Okay. Well, movies that, um, the principal cast won't give you nightmares. It's probably Birds of Prey. <laughs> Very um, true. Very I true. Think of being too terrified. Um, but that's in the theater. Been a couple weeks now. A few weeks. Mm -hmm. And that is way underperforming. Is what it looks yes. like. Yes. Um, but which, is, heard... uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I was really skeptical. I, I still haven't seen it. I'd like to see it sometime. Mm -hmm. I was really skeptical going in because it's another one of those things where if you're going to make a movie and you're going to call it Birds of Prey, it should maybe be Birds of Prey. And it is so very... It's like... It's Harley Quinn. It's a Harley Quinn movie with right. starring some other characters that vaguely represent what they're portraying you know what they're based upon yes so i get yes. again i get and i can be okay with things that are their own thing they're you know mm -hmm. like it's a movie it's not the comic all this stuff whatever but it always seems like a money grab to be like well here's this title this property we're gonna have a bunch of nerds that know about and they're gonna go see it um mm -hmm. but then we don't really care about making it that thing at all so yeah yeah, I think I think this movie I hate to say it, but I feel like this movie is a little bit like Suicide Squad in that it's too soon. Um it's a lot of different characters, a lot of different characters that we you know, the general public, maybe not we, um but the general public hasn't been introduced to, doesn't really know that well and 
they're just not like that invested mm -hmm. in this sort of like ensemble movie because they're like, I mean, yeah, sure, I know Harley Quinn, but I, you know, saw her in Suicide Squad and that's it. Like, yep. for all intents and purposes, Marvel has set up a formula for, for this sort of comic superhero action type of movie, this whole genre. Yep. Um, that is like we do the slow build so you follow along so that by the time we get to an ensemble you at least know the names and yep. have seen like a blip or two of somebody in something so it's really tough for people i think just like jump in especially since these aren't like just like easily recalled characters yep. like at least justice league was like yeah at least i know the names of like batman and They're you know superman and yeah. aquaman Right, exactly. Like, I at least know who these people are, even if I, like, don't know, you know, this version that DC is creating right now. Like, I, I maybe haven't been introduced to them, but I know what the character is, and I might know some general stuff. Mm -hmm. This is really hard. That's this is why, really tough to push. That's why it's important that, you know, Marvel's in a different situation, because people see the mm -hmm. name Marvel behind it, and they'll go see it. Enough people will go see it. Now. Whether it's good now or they not. Will. Whether it's real, true mm -hmm. to the source, they've earned the reputation that people will go see it. DC hasn't yes. done that. It's been all over the board. No. So what they what they could have done with where they had things was if Suicide Squad is your series, your ongoing thing, this would be your Harley Quinn spinoff. So this is kind of a yes. 1.5, but it's, it's delving a little more into where Harley Quinn is going since. You get to a little more of her psyche. And you could introduce a couple char different characters to come along for the ride. Yes. And I think Agreed. selling in that way would be a lot easier. Then you have a Suicide, suicide Squad 2 that would be, you know, mm -hmm. picking up. Holly Quinn would be involved in that, of course, too, as she is. And then you could, and then you could do a Birds of Prey movie. And that would be Birds of Prey having to deal with the Suicide Squad. People forget the Suicide Squad is not, they're not good people. They're bad guys. Right. Like they might be um, right. like blackmailed into doing this stuff, but they're they're still right. bad guys. And Harley Quinn is still a right. bad guy. So they could have done Birds right. of Prey as they actually are like heroes, femme fatale heroes that are awesome and wear superhero outfits and stuff. And they would have to deal with the Suicide Squad. But build yeah. this thing. They never, like, it. It's, again, it's planning. What are, you, what are you guys doing? You know, plan this stuff out. So, I don't know. I agree. I agree. It's DC seems to be a bit of a, a hot mess. I yeah. mean, there are glimmers of some great stuff. I mean, and obviously Wonder Woman is fantastically successful. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman 1984. But everything is so rushed so haphazard and stuff doesn't match between movies yeah. you know what i mean like timelines don't match up like for me i i loved aquaman mm -hmm. um i mean the story needed some work but like it was a solid effort yeah. but his story in the solo movie did not match up with what was happening in justice league like there was like some back and forth and like forward and back jumps in time that I was like, I have no idea where this falls. Yeah. Like, and I, and I only got this like clue at the end and like, it's, it's too much for me to be like Aquaman is like super out in the limelight and 
he's out like with these people in this village and then all of a sudden in Aquaman it's like no I hate people like brr. like I can't be with you know what I mean yeah. like it's it's too like where is this character going what is he doing and stop making him like flip flop around between movies because I can't follow this mm-hmm. and it's frustrating I mean I think that's just like one example of like the many ways that DC is not engaging in planning yeah. and they really need to just stop and do it yeah, they don't have that coordination, you know. I mean, if Marvel yeah. does something and it doesn't seem to line up, generally you trust them that it does. You're just mm-hmm. not yeah. remembering something or whatever. So, right. But if DC does right. it, it so brings many. up. Yeah, it's like the whole X Men stuff again. You know, it's like. Yes, yes. I mean, that's really bad, but. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's. I think Marvel has done a great job of making like. 95% of the things line up so that when that 5% does happen, you just are like, you know, either there's some sort of explanation or I'm just not remembering something right because like, look at all these other like tiny details that, yep. you know, do match up. So, yeah. Oh, well, um, I saw you another good point that you put on there um, because okay. Birds of Prey is, um, doing pretty well both critically and um with an audience as far as i can tell like you know it it's you would think it'd be doing a little better anyways given the scores so your your question was does the a higher audience or critic rating really matter so i think that's Mm -hmm. interesting yeah yeah i mean does this sort of i think it doesn't matter in the sense for the studio, you know, oh, we lost money on this, but, you know, audiences and critics responded positively. So maybe, you know, we keep going, take a chance, um, do something else. Um, or is it going to maybe become like one of the like kind of cult favorites, mm-hmm. cult classic kind of things? Like, do we right. do, do we roll those dice? Um, you know, or is it just con- now considered a complete failure because of cost? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, this was really highly rated, but it's going to fade into obscurity because we can't like, we heard anything about this movie since it opened. You know what I mean? Like the advertising was so heavy and now it's just gone. Like there's nothing. Yeah. And I mean, you think that at, at the very least the studio would try to like, capitalize on these positive ratings that they've gotten from the audience and from critics and, you know, do the follow-up trailers that are like, you know, critics give birds of prey, like eight out of 10. It's a wild, thrilling ride. Like I've seen so many movies do that, that I think are worse than this movie. Yep. And so where is that to try to get like a second box office draw? Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think that it's, you know, some things do really well after the fact. Like, theaters matter less and less, you know. So maybe mm, they recover a lot of this in digital sales and they put it on a streaming platform. You know, I think more and more places, I mean, that's the way it is with uh, with games a lot now. There's a lot of games mm-hmm. that go on the radar because there's so many. But then you have a service like Game mm-hmm. Pass that, you know, that's... the studio or the developer doesn't necessarily make all that much money but normally they make all their money within the first like there's a, a launch window and that's where they basically right. make all their money so after six months the sales are almost nothing 
So you put it on right. a service and it can have a new life and people. So maybe this film, you know, it, it uh, gets released, it gets put on, on Netflix or, you know, their, mm-hmm. their DC streaming service and it has another life and then right. they see that it's worth it. But I don't know right now it seems, you know, and usually, usually it seems like it doesn't work out that way. If, if fans like something, right. if it does well, like the people that see it, like it, uh, but it doesn't make the money and it's usually down there, I think. Right. Well, and it's, it's disappointing that it seems to be so well received by the audiences that do go. And it's unfortunately not seeming to convince other people to go. Yeah. You know, like these high ratings aren't, you know, translating into like recommendation, word of mouth, you know, any sort of online push to be like, Hey, I saw it. I mean, you really should. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I always wonder what, you know, I'm sure it varies by fandom, but I always wonder what in like impact a fandom has on something, you know, because usually like everybody's, you know, there's people that are really invested in something. Ultimately that number is pretty small. Like if you had Mm -hmm. a, um, I think they're, are they making, well, say you made a Thundercats movie, you know, (laughs) and it was very different from Thundercats and the fans, the hardcore fans of Thundercats over the years were not pleased with it and they didn't go see it, but everybody else loved it. How big of an impact is that? You know, that's the lesson I am always worried about studios learning is like, well, ultimately the fans don't matter that much. But right. But do they? Because then they're loud about it. So it, right. I was wondering what the impact of that really is. I suppose it varies a lot. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. I think it, I mean, it matters how loud a fan base can be. I think it, it truly does. And how, and how much traction they can gain yeah. um, by spreading a message across, you know, the web. I see Ashley comments. She says, yeah. no one is on the DC streaming service, uh, you know, if they were to put it on there. And I think that's true. Burn! It's, well, it's true. It's it's too bad, and I think they could fix that because they've had a couple uh, well-received shows. They've had Doom Patrol, which everybody that I've heard has watched mm-hmm. it really liked. Uh, the Harley Quinn animated yep. show, people are really liking as well. Yep. And uh, we like Young Justice that's on there. I think their problem is okay. um, promotion, and then they need to, when they, because yes. it includes comic books, they need to have all the comics they have day in and day out. So when a new comic comes out every Tuesday, that mm-hmm. it's on that service. And so that's how you consume yep. DC media. All the movie, you know, it's like Disney Plus. It's everything, Disney. It's all of it, you know. Yep. Now, they don't have yeah. comics, which well, they, we- would be cool in there, but, you know. Right. But yeah, I think I think Disney has the right idea because nobody's paying that much separately for Disney Plus to not get everything. Right. I mm-hmm. think that they would hear about that right away. Yep. So, I mean, right idea to put everything you own out there because nobody's paying, you know, what is it, twelve ninety nine a month or something? Six ninety nine? Uh I yeah. Disney I think is less. That's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like six bucks, yeah. Some of that. Okay. All right. But yeah, yeah, nobody's nobody's signing up for that because I think everybody does have streaming service fatigue a little bit. Yep. So nobody's signing up just for Disney to get gypped out of, you know, 
whatever movie that they particularly want to see. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm rooting for DC streaming service if they make those changes, you know, make sure yeah. all the content, because I'm looking, I was reading X-Men stuff, newer stuff, because it's good, but it's, ex- it's expensive. You want to read comics these mm-hmm. days? It costs a lot. So they need to yep. figure something out with a, with a better model. So, um, well, it was a little off topic, but, uh, we're getting That's through right. the news. We're getting there. <laughs> um, the, our bringing up Star Wars again is important. So the final season of <laughs> Clone Wars, uh, started yesterday, uh, the okay. 21st, I believe is when it was. And, um, you watched the Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars at all? I have not, no. I've seen um I've seen no. select episodes. Okay. What do you think about it? Um I initially I was never a fan of the the art style. That kind of was what mm-hmm. threw me off from it for a while. And then when it was sure. airing, we didn't have um whatever, you know, channel it was on Disney or whatever. Um mm-hmm. and then to buy it, they were really expensive. So mm-hmm. then years passed and they were, you know, and then they canceled it and all this stuff. So I just, I basically later on when it became available on streaming services, I went and watched certain okay. episodes that I had heard about or really wanted to see. Um, but I'm excited they're making this, this final season, wrapping things up. Um, there were a lot of loose ends, I guess, from before. So they get to okay. kind of see those through now. Um, sure. Ahsoka Tano fan favorite is going to be a big part of it again. So, okay. yeah. I have to be honest. Uh, there was a part of me that was intrigued by the idea of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but could not get past the fact that Attack of the Clones is one of my least favorite Star Wars movies ever. Okay. So... Just like, I don't know. I don't know if it was just like name association <laughs> that I just was I like, mean, clones. Ah, God. What if Hayden Christensen's in it? But the dialogue uh, in Attack so. of the Clones is, <laughs> is top notch. I'm not sure. I mean, the lines, uh, you know, but sand yeah. is so coarse. I hate sand. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Everybody knows this. Everybody, Everybody is like, that. oh, are you talking about terrible dialogue? Do you want to talk about the sand and the smooth skin scene? Because, yeah. Well, and see, yeah, this is why awful. I'm okay with those movies now because the stories are still solid. They just needed someone mm-hmm. that well, didn't write dialogue at like eighth grade level to do, to do <laughs> this, you know? Someone to go over this script that was willing right. to say no to George Lucas, you know, but that's the thing, being like him doing all himself and independent or whatever he can no one can say no to him and so he gets his vision on screen whatever i was gonna say otherwise if they do say no they're probably gone so yeah. unfortunately anybody anybody who might have was probably not involved in this production I'm in the sh- end sure it's a quote somewhere but you know limitation is the the defining matter of art like you you have a vision you have a dream or whatever but then you, where your your boundaries are, whether they're monetary or, you know, just like technology, 
whatever those limits are, mm -hmm. that's what ends up create. That's an important part of your art as well. And that's what mm -hmm. made the original Star Wars trilogy is George Lucas's vision was hampered. It wasn't everything he right. could dream up, you know, and it made something special because of it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cautionary tale of having free reign. Yeah. Like ultimate free reign. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I think so many. Well, and I, I think it's a cautionary tale of delegation, too. I mean, you, you just can't do everything. Something is going to suffer. Um, unless, unless you're, you know, doing this thing over like years and years and years and you have time to individually pay attention to every single aspect of the art that you're creating, which of course nobody ever has. Uh, um, but Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin with his books, uh, you know, right? Uh. Well, yes, that, that is a little bit different though, because that's, that's one medium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in the, in the sense of like movies have to have like several mediums right. happening at once. Yeah, a lot of so you have to, you have to pay attention to, to many different aspects of production. Yeah. Like writing is, is writing. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just, yeah, I never, I never, to circle back, I never watched Clone Wars just because of, uh, traumatic associations, <laughs> okay. but well, they added I, locks. I could go back and try it. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> added a lot to the lore of Star Wars. It's canon, and there's a right. lot of interesting things. You know, Count Dooku is is pretty darn cool in that. They add a lot of, you know, it's the same as the follow-up than Star Wars Rebels, which I did see all of. Um, they mm -hmm. they add a lot to what um, what is official Star Wars, and it's George Lucas's protege that's responsible for these shows. So mm -hmm. it's the closest thing we get to what he would do um, do for this stuff. So, but with I would argue a little more deft hand. So, <laughs> well, I think it's easier um, for somebody like a protege to be more objective about something because it is hard when you've created something to kill your babies yeah. is the, the popular saying like you have an idea and you, you know, you don't want to let it go, even though everybody's like, no, this isn't really that great. And you're like, but it's mine. Yep. I created it. How can I, you know, and people are like, no, you just got to do it. So it's a lot easier for somebody who it's not his original idea to be like, yeah, I can kill this. That's why a lot of those, a lot of the shows I think turn out or can have the potential to like game of Thrones for a song. You have the, the, you know, the, gift of foresight you know mm -hmm. so you can see what happened and you're like well this makes a little more sense this way we would rather do this you know and same with walking mm -hmm. dead for a while you know i think that yes. the creator got to fine-tune the things that he kind of uh well it really didn't pan out the way i wanted originally you mm -hmm. know so we can adjust that here yeah. and make it more satisfying because you see things and connections and stuff that you you didn't even imagine as you wrote it you know Yes, absolutely. So. And and when it becomes a collaborative process like that, it's easier for you to like get that sort of input that says like somebody this way and you're like, whoa, I never would have thought of that. Like, yeah, of course we could, you know, retool this a little bit. That was so. one of my favorite things to do in college was they would, you know, everybody would mm -hmm. have, you'd have a small group and everybody would get a card. One would say location, one would say time, one would say character, one would say you know, a problem, whatever the different categories were. And everybody would each write down that thing. Then you show everybody your card. 
and you build okay. a story based upon those elements. You know, so you write down the Ooh, basic that's story fun. elements. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you could build a D&D campaign that way or just a general story. And it's you're getting... Yeah. And then you're like, you know, obviously not everything's going to match. So you got to make it match together. And I think that's fun right. to do. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we should do something like that sometime. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Uh, we should have a D&D <laughs> episode sometime where we kind of talk about okay. some of that a little bit. Uh, I can talk about my experience with that. And, um, and then... Um, go into yeah maybe a little story creation or something so. definitely it's a plan oh okay news we're still there we're still going through um i know i know witcher season season two has begun production yeah um, yeah i'm excited nobody's surprised yeah no <laughs> no one's surprised um they unveiled some cast members they look good for mm-hmm, the characters that, that i'm familiar with Torbjorn mm-hmm. from uh, wait no so um is that Torment name? Torment Torbjorn is a Overwatch character oh, yeah Torment <laughs> he is uh yes he's cast in this as a character I'm unfamiliar with yes I'm excited so I love his energy so I'm excited to see what yes. he brings yeah I don't have much else there just that I'm glad they're going on this and seeing some new cast members yeah I I think it was uh I think it was pretty foregone. Um, once like the first sort of viewing numbers came out of Netflix that were, yes. you know, so high, I think it was like, yeah, we're, we're doing this. So I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I haven't finished watching season one yet. Okay. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed what I have watched. So nice. I'm excited to go, go forward with season two. On the other end of the spectrum, in terms of mm-hmm. like intensity of animal crossing, <laughs> Animal Crossing, <laughs> Nintendo had a... So intense! Yeah. <laughs> yeah and Nintendo had a uh, Nintendo Direct all about animal, the new Animal Crossing um, the other day. comes out March 20th. And um, it's a good video to watch if you're interested. Um, animal Crossing okay. for the GameCube, uh, the original one. I had quite a bit of fun with Oh, I love GameCube. Yeah, it's a fun you little You know box. that's nostalgia for me. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I suppose you, you, you played... That's my Res Evil. Yeah, mm-hmm. Do you have a purple or a black that's one? That's yeah, that's purple. Purple, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it was it was fun. It was a di- for me it was a unique game where I mean, for the first time that you wouldn't play it in a couple days and you come back and there'd be little cockroaches that would scurry in your place or cobwebs around. So it was that real time <laughs> thing. Sure. Was kind of fun. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I you can connect your if you play the DS games, you can connect some stuff from that. They're going to have seasonal events, mm-hmm. which will be fun. Um, my wife and I will each get a copy, so we'll visit each other's islands. And you can go sure. adventure together or whatever. So I hope it's good. Did you get a Switch? Yeah, I feel, like, um... <laughs> um, I feel like... I feel like seasonal events is kind of like the new thing to keep people interested in games mm-hmm. um like just just from my own like playing pokemon go and harry potter oh, yeah. um you know like like having these sort of seasonal events to like generate interest all the time and like release something new or you know um have something exciting going on so that people get re-engaged i think that's yeah. a smart idea and i think i think it's going to travel well across you know multiple games and platforms yep 
So I guess I won't go on about about that. But um, <laughs> you've got some other shows that are coming out this week. Um, it's not a whole lot. It's it's pretty light this week. Um, I uh, I just wanted to briefly note um, that on HBO Go, John Oliver season seven came out, which um, was funny because it actually kicked off with an episode all about healthcare. Mm. which is literally the field that I work in. Mm. Um, so like ev- everything he pointed out, I'd be like, I studied that. Oh, I know this. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like name dropping like Urban Institute. Like we just did a report with them. Sure. So it was like, it was kind of a fun episode for me. Cause like a lot of the times, you know, he goes in these deep dives about topics that, you know, you, you either don't know anything about, don't know much about, or, um, you know, like it's just something new that he's, he's done. Yeah. And so this was like the first one that I've ever looked at and been like, I know everything he's saying right now. Like I study these numbers. Like it was very cool. So I froze that was just again. like a, a fun, so a fun episode for me. Sure. Get out of here. <laughs> wow. You didn't really Andrea. freeze. You what? didn't really freeze. Did you, John? You just didn't want to hear me talk about healthcare anymore. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, uh, I, no. I would have a, I would have a bone to pick with about John Oliver, but I would say, I would save that for another podcast yeah i didn't i didn't really want to get into like politics per se i just thought it was really fun that like it was finally a deep dive on something that i that i actually just knew about and just happened to be something that you know i do every day for work so i I I love that a fun fun moment for me to the news or something and all of a sudden yeah they talk about something you're really interested or something you're you know intricately aware of then that's that's right yeah right i usually end up doing that with like tech things the news or some right, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like sitting there, that's not right or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's fun. Yeah, like when he would like drop a figure, I'd be like, yep, I read that report. I'd like turn to Chris and be like, uh, actually, this is like pretty nuanced, you know, and like this organization says one thing and, you know, like this report sure. is actually, you know, based on different data than you think it is. And it was just like, it was like finally my my turn to like, be very knowledgeable about something because usually Chris is the one who's like, uh, I read this thing. Sure. That's not right. So it was finally my turn. <laughs> finally, I rise up. Um, so other things that came out this week, um, Hunters on Amazon oh, yeah. Prime Video, the new Al Pacino led cast um, about Nazi hunting in America, mm-hmm. um, which intriguing premise like al pacino is a rock solid actor so i i'd be willing to give it a couple episodes see where see where that goes sure um see how they they make it different and interesting okay um as far okay so we're gonna we're gonna jump back to movies just for a brief second not not a whole lot is coming out this week um but i wanted to briefly mention call of the wild with harrison ford is coming out this week, okay. or I should say came out, came out this week. Yep. Um, and I wanted to mention it for a few different reasons. One, because it's one of my favorite books ever. Like, oh. I love it. Okay. So, I, so I was very nervous about, like, how this was going to play out. It seems to be received well so far. Um, like, it's it's got a, a high rating, even if it's not, like, performing spectacularly at the box office. But it's not really that kind of movie it's not designed to be like the hugest box office draw do you know what i mean like it feels like something that you could watch 
um, very comfortably at home. So I don't know that people feel that sense of urgency to watch it in a theater. But I wanted to sort of swing it back around to the whole like question of CGI hmm. because the, the main uh, character is Buck, this dog. Um, and it like the whole movie is like about his adventures. You know, he's born and bred on this like cushy California farm and he has this really great life. And then all of a sudden he's kidnapped and sold into this like dog fighting ring up in Alaska. So like mm. his whole life switches from like really cush easy to like, holy shit, I'm in wildly unfamiliar, unforgiving land sold into this dog fighting ring and I have to survive. Like, how do I do this? Okay. So it's very interesting. So it's a very interesting story, but of course the main character being a dog and this dog is not like a normal breed of dog. It's like Jack London describes him um, in a plethora of different ways, but he's a mix. He's huge. He's like wildly larger than the normal average dog. And he's not anything that could be easily just be like, okay, here we have this dog that's going to match up. Let's, hmm. you know, you know, make, creative shots um or shoot interesting angles so that he just looks normal or larger than normal so they had to do cgi for this dog okay. and from everything i've watched so far it looks terrible i hate it it's so cartoony hmm. and it's it's the eyes like you cannot make okay. realistic CGI eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like they automatically think, look cartoony. I think you can. I just think maybe they didn't. Uh, I don't know. I think I don't know. I like because that seems to be the biggest criticism out of this movie is like okay. the story's done well, Harrison Ford does well, like you know, everything makes sense. It's just that the CGI looks really fakey. And hmm. it does. Like I watched the extended I trailer. I wonder who did the CGI. I don't know. I don't know who did. But there, a lot of critics are saying, like, this movie was just made too soon because okay. of this problem with CGI. Like, CGI has obviously made, like, huge leaps and bounds in what, you know, it can realistically do. But this this was just not a movie I thought needed to be made right now. Yeah. And I have some strong feelings about it because I love it so much. Like, it's one of my favorite books. But, yeah, like... Everything from I think like the eyes look very cartoony, especially like when the when they're trying to have Buck make expressions, you know, expressive faces. It looks really fakey. And then even to he's supposed to like do these sort of like wildly unrealistic things because he's such like a, a strong, large dog that he makes these like super leaps and jumps. Right. And they look again, they just look like you dropped a cartoon character in there. Okay. And it's just really off-putting. So I, I see that and just this um, movie web article talking about how it's way sure. more toned down and family-friendly than the source material, more politically correct. Yeah. Um, I won't say why. Oh, for politically spoilers. correct is interesting. Yeah. Um, that's an that's an interesting comment. I mean, I I figure they would have to tone it down because they do. Jack London does spend quite a bit of time like describing Buck in dog fighting rings. So mm -hmm. I figured it would have that, that part would definitely have to be toned down. So that's a, a, that's a huge part of it. It's a production of three arts entertainment and 20th century Fox animation. So oh, okay. I don't know much about that. I wonder if they're kind of trying to do their own in-house thing a little more, sure. you know, as opposed to going to 
some of the known known places for that. I froze again. That's a good look right there. Definitely. <laughs> I tell you. There you are. I'm gonna have to get like another camera or something like that. <laughs> um, so for the people interested, or like, why, why is your thing keep freezing? I have a camera. So some cameras let you um, run, plug into an external power and run mm -hmm. it that way. And that's what I need. Mine doesn't let me do that. You just run it off a battery. Well, I don't want to sit and run it off a battery and then potentially run out of battery. So I buy a, you buy a fake battery. I forget what they're called and plug it in. But the cameras don't like them because they're, if they know they're not real batteries often. Sometimes they won't work. And sure. So I don't know. Sure. It, it's something because it's not this official thing. I don't know. It seems so random. It's not like a timed thing. It just, you know, just does it. So I apologize sure. for that. You should. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. But I anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this up. But I just, I had to say something about it because I sure. just... I don't know why studios feel the need to do these kinds of things because it feels too soon. Yep. Like this, this for me was like partic our particularly passionate like opinion of mine, just because I love that book so much. And yeah. and I guess maybe I'm like, you know, the, the fan base of one making sure. my opinions heard. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't, when you need to do something like this, um, extensive where you have to create like a main character like this and put it throughout the whole movie. Like, the, you know, you can't dodge it. You can't sidestep it. You know, it's not like, oh, this is only going to be a few frames. Like we can make this work. It's yep. the focus of the entire movie. Just wait. Or, Just wait. Or like, don't, I mean, maybe it's the case. Don't cheap out. Spend all your money on yeah. Harrison Ford and then you don't have right. any left to like send it to the pros for your animation. I mean, they talk about that in right. Game of Thrones all the time. Like, where is Wolf? Where are the dogs? Because the dire wolves, because they cost a lot of money every time they're on scene, on screen. Exactly. Dragons too. Like those are tentpole moments that are important, but they save budget for those. You know, because right. you can spare no expense on them if you're going to do these things that are really out there and are demanding. So. It's maybe a thing exactly. of like, let's cast someone that's a little newer and not try to mm -hmm. like just draw everybody in with Harrison Ford. And then, you know, let's make sure our, our CGI team, our, you know, digital effects team yeah. is up to snuff. Or we, we, you know, I know, I think before, you know, companies like Weta Works that did Lord of the Rings and stuff, you know, they would, mm -hmm. they'll sit, you know, it'll be assist different companies, you know, together. You know, right. different ones will work on different parts of it and they'll, you know, learn right. from each other and whatever. But yeah. Yeah, I suppose I suppose you bring up a good point um with Game of Thrones. Um obviously they had to do quite quite a bit of creative work to create dire wolves and they did that very realistically. Yeah. So I maybe it's not quite out of the realm that they could have done this for this movie as well, but they just didn't. Yep. And and I think the movie suffers because that's that's what everybody's focusing on now. It, it's it's large, it's glaring. You can't ignore it because again, it's the entire focus of the movie because this is the main character. And a lot so. of stuff, I think they could green screen the animals, do more real real mm -hmm. 
stuff of green screen the animals and then putting them into a scene and making them larger. You know, I mean, right. I don't know what all techniques they used for um, the Lion King live action, but those look mm-hmm. pretty convincing, you know. Agreed. And I know those are normal yeah. size, but it's with all kinds of animals. They're clearly not just there. So, you know, like, I think the right. magic is possible. They just didn't put the money into it, you know. Right. So that, that to me, was very disappointing. And yeah. I will I will not be going to see it, but I, I would have liked to because it's one of my favorite books. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, on topic of movies yet, we both watched a movie <laughs> this week, the same one. That's nice. Yes, yes. So this is... Uh, we did. So we can finally get a good debate lo- going on the same topic here. Um, and now uh, now my drink choice will finally make sense. Crown yep. Royal. Yep. Because we both watched Timothy Chalamet in The King on Netflix. Yeah. Which was really interesting because what because I was just going through Netflix and sure. I thought... Oh, yeah, I remember people raving about Robert Pattinson's French accent in this movie <laughs> and how that steals every scene. So oh, I'm like, all boy. right, let's give that a go. And then you said what sure. you were, um, you had put that on your list or I forget what was the, so you were looking in that movie yes. before too. Yeah, so I had, I had added it to my Netflix list um, because I'm a huge Shakespeare nerd and uh, The King is loosely based um on shakespeare's henry four parts one and two but mostly henry five okay so um which was made particularly famous uh a number of years ago henry five was uh by kenneth branagh um kenneth branagh had done a series of shakespeare movies um he'd done hamlet much ado about nothing um but henry five was kind of his first shot at it Mm. and uh he he proved himself more than adequate for the task. I think that was one of his like breakout moments as a serious actor. Yeah. Um, So then they, they sort of like gave him reign to to move on to much ado. I know. I know. That's the breakout. So if you go to our website that Andrea lovingly put together, my picture on there by my bio is me as, as, uh, Gilbert Lockhart. So that's my yes. connection to Kenneth there. Absolutely. Absolutely. My my picture is very different. My my picture connects to nothing. <laughs> so we'll stick with yours. Go only check out John's. Okay. <laughs> uh, well what'd you so um, being having the background more, which I did not yes. what'd you what'd you th- think would you come away with? Um it's I think it's a mix for me. It's a solid movie, but I don't think I would put it in one of my great categories. Okay. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Timothy Chalamet is a, is a solid actor, but his performance is solid, not inspiring. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think that there was any moment where I was like, ooh, like this is terrible character choice or, you know, like, I don't know what you're doing here. Everything was fine. And I think maybe Chalamet suffered a bit from the fact that this is a lot of story to cram into two and a half hours. Sure. Yeah. And I I think this could have easily been a miniseries. OK. Um, yeah. 
to sort of show more of the transition between Henry pre-crown and post. Um, because we we get that shift very quickly. Yep. And there's no like transitional like growing into the crown period. Um, it's just like pre-crown, I hate it, I don't want it, you know, I've never sought this out, to like wham, I've got it. Yep. And now I'm very serious and now I have to go to war with France. Sure. So there's there's no time for him to settle and no time for him to transition from I don't want this to hey I'm fully committed. Yeah. Um and I th I thought that was really apparent in um one of the early battle scenes where he is uh kneeling down and praying. He's got like the the rosary in his hand and he's praying. And I was like, wow, that's a character switch. Like mm -hmm. he is so committed sure. and serious and pious and you know, like I want to do everything very responsibly and, you know, I'm, I believe wholeheartedly in my cause so much that I'm going to pray for it. And I, and I had a hard time reconciling that with the sort of like playful, drunken, mm -hmm. um, you know, shirking of responsibility, Henry, that we are first introduced to. Yep. So I can see that. Yeah. So I, like I said, I thought Chalamet did a solid job, but I think he was hampered in some aspects by the quick moving of the story sure yeah i was um uh i haven't seen a lot of historical uh sort of medieval movies in a while uh the sure. last one that really i mean really stands out to me is kingdom of heaven and oh yeah uh, i saw that yeah i remember seeing that i mean theater. Theater later, i had to see it okay <laughs> Liam Neeson was in it. I had to see it. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. Hey, we can each have our crushes. Yeah. It, At least we don't have to fight over them. Liam Neeson was just on Watch What Happens Live on Bravo the other night. Oh, shut yeah. up. It was a little, a little awkward. Oh, my God. I need to watch that. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun. <laughs> he is like one of the last people I would expect to be I on I know, that. yeah. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I need to go see that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, sorry, but you no, know, I, so kingdom of heaven had a good, um, like, I don't know, there was a mood to it that this movie, um, didn't replicate, but it, it, it worked for me It's what I'm looking for in this kind of a film. I thought it was, uh, quite beautiful. Um, and mm -hmm. they, I was, I was struck by the, what I thought real were realistic fight scenes. Um, yes. A yes. lot of times, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Yeah, it's like we're in armor that's heavy. We can barely see. We get tired, and it ends up just being kind of a wrestle in the mud. It's dirty. It's not pretty. You're not fencing. You're not doing flips. Mm -hmm. I froze again. You <sighs> did. <laughs> Hold on. Oh my hey, God. you. Hey, stranger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I appreciate that. And they, I thought maybe it was just yeah. the beginning, but they did that more than, you know, I'd say it was pretty consistent in the film. Um, I liked yeah, the it, music. Go ahead. So just to say one final thing about the, the battles, I, I also appreciated that sort of realism, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I, that I felt that that's a pretty accurate portrayal of what those many battles in, at that historical time must have been like. Um, it reminded me very much of Battle of the Bastards. 
to yep. bring it back to Game of Thrones. Yep. You know, that same sort of like crush of bodies just like grappling for anything, anyone. I mean, who's who in that moment? You're just sort of like indiscriminately like trying to find an enemy to kill. And sometimes maybe you ended up killing your friends yep. or allies without yep. knowing it. But it was just like mad scramble for survival. Um, so, you know, it's it's sort of a lot of humanity boiled down to some very basic, yep. you know, survival principles. Um, I, I, so that's, an, that's an interesting look. Yeah, at at that sort of situation. Yeah, it's something that's often neglected in a historical film. You know, they want to fantasize it a little more. You know, and obviously Mm -hmm. we fantasize all of it a little bit, but you know, right, um, right. No, that that aspect is, uh, uh, I thought, quite real. Um, I was thinking about like sort of like the pre-battle. you know, preparations that a lot of the soldiers were making. It was all just like very mundane, and but like, you know, very terrifying in a, you know, we are probably all going to go die and like, we're all waiting for this. Yep. But a lot of it is just like, well, got to go sharpen my sword, got to go eat yep. some food, got to, you know, it's, it's the mundane actions that, you know, aren't often shown in the moments of glory. Yep. Um, so I, so I appreciated that. Well, and that's what the film drove home for me. And I, you know, every once there's different things that do this, but it just reminded me of like that. This has been, you know, to me, the film shows well how terrible of an existence most of humanity has ever had. Like most of humanity has literally, they've not had the chance to sit and wonder what they should do with their lives or what they'd like to do. You know, it's just literally I have, Kings and rulers and people that are out doing petty things that get offended by one thing or another, a, a ring of people that are privileged and put in power by by blood, by religion, and they get to call the shots and the rest of humanity mm-hmm. that people, women are pumped full of babies. Those babies, the sons are sent off as children to war to die. And those women just have more babies to send into more wars to die. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it, that's the that's the human existence for, millenn- for like a millennia. Like, that's what it's been. Yep. And this film did it well. Like, you got these people that are, you know, the kid, the, the king is, the new king is, is upset he doesn't want to do it, you know, and wants to do something else. It's like, you know, you, you have this power. And you get in this system, this incredibly corrupt system that he tries to do something different. He tries to do something better. And he's just surrounded mm-hmm. by people that are out for themselves for power. And they don't care mm-hmm. whose lives they throw away for it. And so he ends yeah. up getting w- sucked into this unwittingly and being just the same as the rest, you know? And yep. I, so I like the, the humanity that Sir John brought is an important character I thought in the film and also well the, yeah he's he's an important character in in the Henriad plays as well okay Falstaff is is often thought of as like the true hero of the Henry plays nice yeah and then also so, the, yeah so I, I appreciated Joel Edgerton's take on it because I thought it was well yeah, done yeah I, I dug it he was a he was the common man that was you know able to keep perspective on things um mm-hmm. that you know, everybody else didn't have 
Um, yeah. So I thought that was a realistic look at the way nobility and the church and stuff would act and the way things would mm-hmm. go. And yeah, I, I liked, I liked that a lot. And Robert Pattinson. I like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> um, yeah. To, I, I thought along similar lines, I think, um, I thought that, you know, Henry had a group of pretty terrible advisors um, who who sort of conned him into a response and conned him into war with France. I thought he gave it up a little quickly. Um, but again, I think that's that's movie, one yeah. of the things that stuff. Right. You have to you don't have a lot of time to show this. So, again, you know, here's where I would have liked to maybe see a mini series so we could take some time and have it not feel like, damn it, Henry, like. Grow a backbone, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, keep resisting. Mm-hmm. He just set you a bowl. It's fine. Um, yep. So, but it but it does show the importance of, I think, you know, when you do have power, getting the right people to be advisors. Because, obviously, like, these people were literally just out for themselves. And I think there's, there's an interesting tension um, between having advisors who are friends to you and friends also to the nation mm-hmm. because not not everything that's good for Henry is going to be good for England. Right. And I think that that Falstaff does a nice job of being like, yeah, sometimes I'm going to be here for you as your friend, but sometimes like I'm going to check you because this isn't what England needs or this isn't what the people of England need. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes I am going to help you grow as a person. And sometimes like you're going to have to be sacrificed metaphorically uh, for the good of the nation that you rule, because it's not all about you. And I think that's a good reminder of like the leader of any nation, whether they be King or, or president or, you know, whatever MP, um, whatever they are, they need people who are looking out for them, but they need people who are also looking out for the nation because they are not the nation. Mm -hmm. Well, that's part they're, of what they're, I, they're symbolic of the nation, but they are not always. Because obviously, um, you know, Henry gets baited into this war that probably isn't great for the, the people of England, even yeah. if it does like unite them behind a common cause, like the actual cost of the war is not going to be great right. for the nation. So, yeah. And it, you know, it, uh, I, I hadn't. I, it was, I guess, naive of me, but I hadn't thought of that in the terms of kings and queens. You know, I think now mm-hmm. of of leaders or whatever, you know, like being influenced or having a large, um, you know, having people that are for them or against them that are in there. Like, I can see that in like kind of a democratic mm-hmm. system or people, but I hadn't, I should have, I hadn't thought of that as a struggle for kings and queens. I think with uh mm-hmm. with a monarch oh well, you can do whatever you want you know so but the so i appreciated the political intrigue and the realistic yeah. way they did that and absolutely uh, i thought it was i thought it was good um and it wasn't too long i don't remember how long it was but sometimes things are too long two and a half it was it was it felt like it went quickly um, yeah it does it does move nicely it's just, I think, overall, could have been, and I hate to be repetitive, but a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Sure, a lot of things could have been. I mean, that's the way a lot of stuff mm-hmm. is now. We're, we're spoiled with that. 
you know, because mm-hmm. that's really a great way to tell a story. You know, that was always the complaint with yeah. books adapted to to film is, man, we can't we can't have the detail, the minutia. Now. Right. Now right. We can. Well, and I mean, to be fair, Shakespeare is long. Shakespeare is his plays are books. Yep. You know, they're, they're just they need the time and they need the attention um, and they need to be fleshed out. Um, so it was, it was tough for me a little bit in the sense of coming at it from knowing Shakespeare's work because it, uh, I knew when things were missed. Um, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it didn't matter, but sometimes I felt it did. But the other part was it was tough to watch this sort of adaptation that dips into Shakespeare's work, but doesn't fully commit to it. Right. Um, you know, because it's set in the same time period, it's very hard for me to not be like, can you just do Shakespeare if you're going to do Shakespeare, please? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. like sometimes when you have adaptations, like uh, things where, you know, 10 things I hate about you is based on the taming of the shrew. Hmm. That to me is, is you've taken the source material and you've transported it completely. So I don't need you to be exactly faithful when you're when you're sort of like stepping back and going in this time period, it's really tough for me to divorce, you know, the the adaptation from the source material. So sometimes I felt really frustrated by the fact that I kept looking for things to happen that that were altered or changed or missed yep. because, you know, it's it's not exactly Henry. It's so not exactly one of the Henry plays. We're um um going along this is getting to the end of our topic yeah we are <laughs> but what um so ultimately with all the stuff to watch these days lots of choices mm-hmm. would you recommend people watch this or not i would i would recommend that they watch it um i think there are enough enough well done elements to balance out any issues i think not a lot of people like me are are shakespeare nerds um so i don't think that they'll particularly feel the loss of things that maybe i did um, and you know, if, if it intrigues people to go back to the source material, all yeah. the better, because I think right. that's, that's brilliant work. Um, and so any, anything that I think drives people to that is great. I do think Chalamet does a very solid job. Um, and I, I think Edgerton really steals the movie. He is, his fall staff is just perfect. I did also want to quickly mention, I thought Lily Rose Depp did a great job as Catherine right at the end there. She's yes. Yes. Yep. Which I mean is, is pretty accurate to the source material since Catherine's not like a huge part of Henry five. Um, she's, she's in it a bit more, but I, for the sake of the movie, I think she only needed to be here. Great way to end the film. You know, it was a good, good yes. final couple sequences. Uh, I think that was, yep. was effective. And, well, and I think she does a great job for taking over for Falstaff, like that sort of yeah. role in Henry's life that yep. he needs that sort of like, I'm just going to tell you some straight up stuff and take it or not, but yep. it's something to consider. Yeah. I would say if a person's into the kind of a historical medieval thing, I we're interested in kingdom of heaven at all. You should definitely give it, give it a look for me, if nothing else for how thankful it makes me to be alive today. Um, mm-hmm. It reminds you of how, how bad things were for so long. And, um, I agree. so I, uh, and on top of that, I, I just plain enjoyed it regardless. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's got it's got it ticks the boxes. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we should wrap it up there. Um, yeah. I've covered all our stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks for anyone that's stuck with us here. Don't know what we'll yeah. be going on next week, but I'm sure there'll be more things in the news, more to talk about than we can fit into our the time we allot for this. So absolutely, we'll be back doing another live in person episode. So that'll That's be fun right. in person next for week. You. So we'll see what we have for technical difficulties then. Oh, <laughs> exciting! Yeah, right. <laughs> so all right, all right. Well, good to talk to you, John. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.